Hi, it's Larry from Hawthorne Bank. You know, our goal in 2022, as in years past, is to put as many friendly faces in more familiar places all over town as we can. At Hawthorne Bank, we'll continue to do what we can for our community, our schools, and our nonprofit organizations. Hawthorne Bank cares. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Go ahead and have a seat. Um, <laughs> I am not J.D. Manning, but he is the Deacon of the Week this week. His number's on the screen and in the program. If you have a need that he can meet, give him a call. Uh, my name is Daniel Wilson, and I am the Chairman of the Pastor Search Committee. And uh, as you are probably aware, next week is View of Call weekend. And if you're unfamiliar with what that term is or what it means. Essentially what it is, is the pastoral candidate that we are recommending will be with us this next week. The purpose of the week is for you, the church body, 
to determine if God is calling this man to be our next pastor. So the five very, very, very different members of the pastor search committee <laughs> all believe that God is calling this man to be our next pastor. The candidate believes God's calling him to be our next pastor, but that is not enough. As part of the equation, the church body must come to the conclusion that this man, God's calling this man to be our next pastor. So that's the purpose of this week. If you'll take out your worship program that you got this morning, there's an insert that has a list of all the events and opportunities and activities to meet the candidate and his family. Um, here, you'll have the opportunity to meet him, ask them any questions that you may have. Um, we tried to create as many different opportunities at different times to reach as many of the church members as, as possible within that week. So um, you'll notice that some of the events on here, such as the personnel committee meeting or the dinner with deacons, um, are for very, very specific groups. If you happen to be in one of those groups, please make every effort to attend that, that meeting um, so you can uh, meet the, again, meet the candidate and his family. Uh, the events on Friday evening and Saturday evening, the, the church-wide events are for anybody. So if you're a human, show up. Um, if you have kids still living under your roof, bring them. Please bring your kids. Um, now the fun part. As you leave this morning in the back, you will receive a handout. That handout's gonna have the candidate's name, picture, brief information, as well as the address to his personal website. Please go check that out, listen to the sermons, read about his ministry philosophy, and look into him. Uh, so that way you can come prepared to ask the hard questions that you need to ask to determine is God calling this man to be our next pastor. Um, if you need transportation Friday night, Saturday night, or Sunday afternoon, please call the church office by noon on Friday so we can get that arranged. And uh, please keep this in mind uh, as you're looking at the candidate online. Uh, his church congregation does not know he's looking at coming here. So leave no trace. His church body deserves to hear from him after the 15th, not from you on social media. So again, leave no trace. Now, next Sunday afternoon, January 15th at 3 p.m., there's a special called business meeting right here. The, the only purpose for that meeting is to address the question, is God calling this man to be our next pastor? In order to vote at that meeting, you must be a church member. So if you're not a church member, as always, there'll be an opportunity to join the church at the end of this service. <laughs> Gotta make that plug. Um, so as, as a church, when we began this process 13 months ago, we did it with the season of prayer and we've been praying ever since. And as the committee has worked, we have felt the prayers of God's people. So thank you for that. But please continue to bathe this process in prayer until we cross the finish line. So let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for your church. 
thank you for the work that you've done in this body uh, over the last 23 years. Um, thank you, Lord, as we uh, venture into a new, new journey to take the next steps with you. Uh, we pray for clarity for the church body over the next week. Um, and we pray for a continued unity, unity of purpose. And, and Lord, we love you so much. And thank you for all you've done with us. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Exciting times at our church. And none other than that is our church-wide Bible study. We'll be starting here in just a few weeks. Experiencing God. Experiencing God in a couple weeks. Um, Tony just happens to be wandering around here. Tony is the host home coordinator. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to be asking everybody to sign up at a host home to participate in this. But this week, we want to talk to people that want to be a host home or can be talked into being a host home. We're not picky about however we do it. And so if you see Tony or I or Debbie, go up to them and say, yes, I want to be a host home. It's not that difficult. All you do is open up your home, welcome people to your home. You don't have to provide snacks or you know, any sort of goodies or anything special for your home. You don't see clean your house, just let them show up. You know, I know Debbie is very much, you know, she has to clean every closet in the house. You might as well come over to our house because you think they may look around. Well, that's probably not the case, but just <laughs> welcome, them, welcome them in your house. A lot of times if you can handle a group of maybe 6 to 12 people in your house, invite them over. By being a host home, you get to pick the day, the time, whenever you want to have it. So we encourage you to sign up to do that. You say, oh, I'm not a teacher. I can't, I can't teach a, a Bible study. Well, good, because you're not required to for this. All this is, it's videos. We have a video that you show, and you lead some discussion questions that are going to be in the leader's guide. So it's very simple to lead this, this. You don't have to be a special teacher, special knowledge of the Bible to do it. Just be somebody willing to welcome people to your home and invite them to your home. So don't have to have snacks or anything. I do like uh, ham and cheese sliders. If somebody wants to do that, I'll be coming to your home. But no. <laughs> Don't, don't, don't do any of that because we don't want to put any sort of a burden on Just invite them in your home. Maybe have some iced tea or coffee or something like that. We need a lot of homes to do this. We want all different spectrums from young folks to older folks, ladies, men's groups, a big mix of groups. So host homes for Experiencing God Bible Study. Please sign up. See Tony. If you don't see Tony, he's going to come see you. He'll be set up out there in the lobby after this service, the next service, the next week until you finally sign up or you give in and do it. So really encourage you to do it. You're going to get, this is a great study. And we want everybody to be a part of it. We need some great host homes for it. So experiencing God. Well, exciting announcement from Daniel. Exciting announcement from Barry. <clears throat> As we uh, continue to have the opportunity of, of um, getting acquainted with the pastor candidate, the opportunity to grow through experiencing God, and today, the opportunity to celebrate life in Jesus Christ as we, as we join with Chloe Long in her public declaration of faith through baptism this morning. If you're here as part of Chloe's family and support system, if you would please stand so that she can see you here. And there's your crew. Wow, good group of, good group of folks here today. Chloe? What confession brings you to these waters? Jesus is Lord. So y'all can be seated. Chloe, based upon your confession of faith that Jesus is Lord, and by the authority of the church, and in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we baptize you as our sister in Christ.
Amen. You're buried with Christ, raised to walk, a brand new life in Jesus. Yea, God. Yea, God. Let's all stand together and read our gospel reading aloud. This is from Matthew 3. Read with me, please. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Matthew three thirteen through 17. Amen. You may be seated. my heart. 
Let's all stand together. Our psalm reading this morning comes from Psalm 29. Let's read aloud together and praise him. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Psalm 29. You made the starry host, you trace the mountain peaks, you paint the evening skies with wonders. The earth, it is your throne, from desert to the sea, all nature testifies your splendor. Praise the in your very likeness. 
beautiful, you are beautiful, oh God, there is no one more beautiful, you are beautiful, God, you are the most beautiful, you are wonderful, you are wonderful, oh God, there is no one more wonderful, you are wonderful, you are the most wonderful. You are glorious. You are glorious. Oh God, there is no one more glorious. You are glorious. God, you are the most glorious. I delight myself in you. In the We seldom see the foundation stones, but, they are, but these stones are what supports the building. And across the time I've been with you, you may not have seen the foundation stones that have been a part of my life and provided the foundation for my leadership. So I just want to remind you of them today. John chapter 17, Jesus prayer for uh, the disciples and ultimately his prayer for us and especially the section of his prayer for us which called for unity because followers of Jesus should live in the unity of Jesus. The second of those foundation stones for my life and ministry. I shared with you last week Luke chapter 15 and in the parables of the lost things, we, have been, we are reminded the lost people matter to God, that Jesus' whole ministry was about lost people. He came and lived and died for you and for me, and we were lost. Paul says we were dead in our trespass and sin, and he made us alive. These foundation stones undergird everything, that, everything we do. I'd like for you to come with me this morning on an imaginary walk through 
the old city of Jerusalem. And as we make our way along through the crowded, narrow streets of this city, we come past the western wall where people have come to the wall and they're praying, they're writing their prayer requests, and they're placing the prayer request in the cracks between the stones of the wall. As we pass by the praying people, we, we come around to the, to the south end of the city, where the, of the temple mount, where the temple once stood. And as we make our way where we can see the, see the, the hewn steps all across this wide expanse, much, much wider, but like we have here, this wide expanse of steps that have been hewn out of the stone. As we make our way up those steps, you'll notice to your right these pools, pools of water. They were the Jewish purification pools. So the Jewish people, as they would come into the temple to worship, they would pass through these pools of water for, to go through the rite of, of purification. The pool, those pools, I will remind you, were used after the death and resurrection of Jesus to baptize about 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost. And now we're standing. We're standing on those steps near, near those pools. And as we move a little closer toward the Temple Mount, you will see these gigantic foundation stones that have been unearthed by the archaeologists. And as we stand there next to those stones, realizing the temple was destroyed in A.D. 70, but these foundation stones remain to this very day. Terry and I have visited approximately 20 archaeological digs throughout the, the country of Israel. She says, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. Well, sort of, sort of. The unearthed ruins of these sites do have this common feature because what remains are the foundation stones of what used to be cities and villages. These foundation stones mark where people lived and where commerce occurred. And Paul used the imagery of foundation stones to describe his work to the church in Corinth. He said, I laid a foundation, the foundation of Jesus Christ, upon which Paul and others would build to the future. In my sermon, 8,226 days ago, I laid the foundation stones for our journey together. And the third passage that's been my foundation stone is in Mark chapter 12. 
We'll hang out with Mark chapter 12 this morning. In Mark chapter 12, Jesus faces the attacks of Pharisees, Herodians, Sadducees. And as he faces their attack, his responses included the parable of the tenants in verses 1 through 12. A wisdom saying that was offered to them, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. In verses um, 13 through 17. And a teaching on marriage at the resurrection in verses 18 through 27. But we turn our attention to the foundation stone in Mark chapter 12, beginning with verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. And noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no one other but him. To love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important. Get this. Loving God and loving your neighbor is more important than gathering for worship. More important than burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, now that he is this teacher of the law. Listen to what Jesus said to this teacher of the law. He said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. When we recognize that loving God and loving people is our purpose as followers of Jesus, Jesus said, you're not far from the kingdom of God. And with this, no one dared to ask him any more questions. So in this text, we have this rabbi who comes to Jesus, and he, he is identified as the teacher of the law. He's friendly. The others have not been, but he is friendly, and he acknowledges Jesus' good answer in verse 28. Note also, this scribe is the only scribe in all of the New Testament in the Gospels who commended Jesus. All the rest of them were against him. But this one scribe is the only one who commended Jesus, and he's the only scribe whom Jesus commended as well. He asked a very legitimate question because the rabbis in the first century had counted 613 individual laws. 
and statues, and then they classified them as heavy or light. So it is no small matter to decide if there is a principle, a single principle to, that's basic to the law. And Jesus' response provides us with foundation stones for our life, for our ministry, and for the mission of the church. And the foundation stone one. Jesus said the most important one. You know, when, when, when Jesus says the most important one, it should get our attention, right? Because Jesus knows the Father because he is intimately connected with the Father. They are one. When Jesus says the most important one, we should pay attention. The most important one is to love God. Now, why, why should we love God? I'll remind you, John tells us we, should, we, we love God because he first loved us. And what makes this the most important one is because God first loved us. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Jewish people would recite these words at every gathering for worship and in family meals and a variety of times and places in the course of their lives. They would cry out, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Number one is love God. Mark tells us, and as he uses this, this Shema from the Old Testament, he says, love God. Love God with your heart. With your, that's, that's with your will and your, your intellect. To love God with your soul, that's the seat of your desire. To love God with your mind. Mark adds mind, by the way, to the to the Deuteronomy passage, but so to, to love God with your mind, which is understanding, and to love God with your strength, which is spiritual, refers to spiritual strength. And this list of things he provides us and is provided for us in, from, from Deuteronomy is a reminder that we are to love God with our whole being. We love God with every fiber of our, of, of our being, and that no other love should begin to even compare with the, with the love we have for God. And from the very opening lines of the Gospel of Mark, Mark has made sure we understand that to love Jesus is to love God. So I ask you today, how do you check your love for God? How do you test it? How do you decide if I'm growing in my relationship with God? How, does, how, how, how do I keep up with this? Well, we keep up with it as, as Jesus said in John uh, Chapter 1, verse 15, if you love me, get this? Jesus said, if you love me, 
keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. So it is a matter of when we check our love, checking our love is an obedience thing for each and every one of us. And one of the things I learned from Henry Blackaby, this is, a, this is also a plug for experiencing God, which Barry told, and Tony helped us know about earlier. But one of the things I learned from Henry Blackaby is if you have an obedience problem, you have a love problem. Because the core, the core of obedience comes out of our love for God. So this foundation stone one is all about devotion. It's about, it's about knowing God and knowing him better every day of our lives. It is about loving God and loving him more every day of our lives. This foundation stone one is... about your devotion to God. Now, foundation stone, this is going to say two, but I didn't mean for it to say two. I meant for it to say 1.1. And I did this. I don't know how I got two up there. So this, I accept the responsibility. So don't see a two this morning. See a 1.1. Because Jesus didn't even pause when asked what's the greatest commandment, and he said the greatest one is this, and the second, and the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Leviticus 19, 18 tells us, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Mark picks up, or Jesus picked up this phrase from Leviticus Love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, this is the second foundation stone, the 1.1, because he ties them together as if they are one in the end. And the neighbor, a neighbor is everybody, including the hated Gentiles and the hated Samaritans. Love your neighbor. Luke ties these two, these two uh, uh, commandments together when he and then follows them with the commandment question, he follows it with the Good Samaritan parable. In, in verse 27, he's, he addresses the same two commandments to love God and love your neighbor. In verse 28, he says, Do this. And you will live. You remember the story of the, that we call the Good Samaritan story. It's the story of a, of a religious person who's going down. That's a very important word in, in the story. He's going down from Jerusalem. And so some folks have tried to excuse him because he would, if he had something to do with this body on the side of the road, he would, he would become unclean for his service, but he's not going up. You see, he's already been in service. He's going down. He's leaving 
Jerusalem. The second religious person is leaving, going down from Jerusalem. And these two, as well as the third, encounter a man who's been beaten by robbers and left in the ditch for dead. And the third one comes by. And he stops and he takes care of him. And Jesus identified the third one as a Samaritan. We might add a hated Samaritan because they were hated by the Jews. And the Samaritan comes over and he helps the man. And, and he, he makes a difference in his life because he's living out the command to love your neighbor as yourself. So in verse 33, it says, Luke 10, 33 says that he took pity upon them. He had this emotional connection with the man in the ditch. But it wasn't just a tug at his heart. And you and I have tugs at our heart all the time. We see somebody, we pass someone, and we have this tug at our heart, and we just go into pause mode. And we ignore the tug. But he did not. Verse, verse 34 tells us that he made, a, he made a personal investment. He went to him and he bandaged his wounds and he helped him. But it wasn't just, it wasn't just a helping in the moment, which many of us will do. What he, what he did was he took on helping this man for the long term. When he said, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have, he, he went for the long term. Forgot to click the button, sorry. And this foundation 1.1 is, is all about service. It's about service. It's about loving others. And I would remind you this morning, loving others is a process. It is not a project. People are not projects. <laughs> we love them because we're sharing life with them. In the process of sharing life with them, we share life, the gospel with them. So they can come to know the fullness of what God has in store for them. The, the teacher of the law summed this up well when he, when he said to Jesus, you are right in saying that there is one and no other one but him. To love him with all your heart and with all your understanding, with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. On July 2, 2000, I said, declared, it's a new day at FBC Clinton. Some of you may remember it. Most of you not. <laughs> it's a new day. 
at FBC Clinton. It's a new day at FBC Clinton. It's a new day in our church life. It's a new day in my life. And, and I don't know what the new day will look like. This is what I said then. I, I'm just repeating it now because it's what was true then is true now. I don't know what it looked like. But I do know that we can trust God who has brought our lives together for this new day. We can learn from our histories and we can trust God for our future. It is a new day. I say again, it is a new day filled with opportunities to impact our world by loving God and loving people. And if we get this right, we will hear Jesus say, you are not far from the kingdom of God. What was true on July 2, 2000 is true on January 8, 2023. And it can be a new day in your life as well. If you confess Jesus as Lord of your life. And, you, and then, having confessed Jesus as Lord of your life, because you can't do anything to earn or deserve the life he gives us. It comes through, through the confession, Jesus is Lord. Well, having made the confession, Jesus is Lord, then you build your life on the great commission, love God, or the great commandment, love God, and the great commission, love your neighbor, into a growing relationship with Jesus. See, it can be a new day in your life. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, it can be a new day in your life. I remind you, everybody needs Jesus. And it can be a new day in your life if you're not yet a follower of Jesus because you can come to the place where you realize what he's done for you. He came and lived in the flesh among us, a sinless life, died a sacrificial death on the cross, rose again to provide victorious over death, ascended into the heaven where he makes intercession for us, has promised he's coming again. Jesus said... I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. It's the best possible life you can live now and a life that lasts forever and it can be your new life beginning today. You may already be a follower of Jesus and it can be a new day in your life as well because every day we seek to love him more and to love our neighbors more, it's a new day. Every day, he gives us opportunity. He sets before us possibility for the new day he has for us as we walk in faith, trusting him. And so it's a, it can be a new day in your life. It's a new day in all of our lives in one sense or another. You may be looking for a church home. Daniel already gave the invitation uh, this morning in his an announcement. You may be looking for a church home. We'd welcome members at this time. We're gonna stand and sing How Great Thou Art and as we sing this wonderful song about the greatness of God, I just invite you to come and share with us here at the front your desire to be a part of this, of this church family. And we welcome members. We exist to fulfill the Great Commission by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Come and join with us. But if you're here this morning and you've not ever yet committed to be a follower of Jesus, let me just encourage you to find life today. 
It's the life, it's the best possible life you can live now. It's a life that lasts forever. And it comes in the confession, Jesus is Lord, and the commitment of your life to his grace and mercy and love. So we invite you, as we sing in a moment, to come and share with us. If you are, oh, sorry, I was going to the next slide. <laughs> if, you're, if you join us online this morning, I just want you to go to our website, firstbaptistclinton.church, and click the I Want Jesus in My Life button. It'll begin the conversation. Or you may text or call me at my personal number, 660-890-4150. Let's have this conversation about how you can have life and the best possible life now and what a life that lasts forever. Let's sing, you come as we respond. Oh, Lord. 